0: Welcome to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Holly. I'm your co-host, Melody.
1: And I'm your co-host, Jennifer.
0: Today, we'll be discussing youth civic organizations and how they can benefit your homeschooling. But before we get to that, how's everyone been since last time? Melody? Oh, I've been incredibly busy since last time.
2: We've had some family come over, and so we spent an evening with, uh, let's see, six, seven of our grandkids here. Oh, wow.
1: It was fun.
2: Well, it was. They all get along together so well, and they were busy creating a video. And I don't think it really had a plot, but they sure had fun. <laughs> and we laughed a lot because it was really cute. And so it's like, oh, it brings back good memories of when my kids were out running around doing things. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the other thing was just continued prep for getting the school year off to a really good start. And mm-hmm. I'm really excited to, to be jumping back into the routine. I guess I, I like my routine. <laughs> I've talked about that a few times lately, but um We've just really enjoyed every last bit of summer that we possibly can. Mm -hmm. How about
1: you, Jennifer? Well, I am super excited because this weekend I'm going to have all of my kids here in one place for a very short few days. But my two girls that live in Colorado are coming home for uh, my granddaughter's First birthday. Aww. and they'll both be here for two days and we're having a big family party. And so all eight of my kids and my son in law and my granddaughter and everybody'll be here. And I'm just super excited about that. It hardly ever happens anymore. That's so special. Yeah. I love it's, it. Right. And they haven't my older my girls that live in Colorado haven't. They met uh my granddaughter when she was born. They were here like Probably she was a few weeks old, but they haven't been around her at all since then. So I'm excited for them to meet each other because she's a little person now. Mm -hmm. Um, And then other exciting news, we're expecting another grandchild we just found out. We're very excited about that. Being a grandparent is amazing. I love it. Highly recommend it. (laughs) It's (laughs) so fun. Absolutely. What about you, Holly? What have you been doing? I have been planning
0: trips, so I'm going out of town to meet an uncle. Um, The story is so exciting. We had always heard that my grandmother had a boy that she placed for adoption, but we were always cautioned by our parents never to ask our grandmother about it. And all of our parents have passed on, and we all started doing our Um. DNA. And uh, my cousin said one day, somebody's come up as a match. Does this last name ring a bell? And we are like, no, we don't know anybody in the family with that last name. Well, my sister got a phone number and uh, the person who had posted their profile said that their father was looking for his birth family and put in his birth name, which was a family name. And we um, got very excited. Well, it turns out he is the son that my grandmother placed for adoption and uh, my one sister has met him. She's been to see him and we talked, um, we had a video chat, but he hosts a big party the second Saturday of every August and we are all going out there. Ah, I love and- him so much. Oh my gosh. And it's amazing because he looks just like <laughs> my grandmother. Oh, wow! And my grandmother was extremely beloved. So um, we- we're excited to meet our uncle and to spend time with him and to hear about his story and just wow. to have still a connection to our grandmother because like i, am I said i'm so I'll, excited I'll, for you i'm so excited and then in um in october one of my nieces is getting married so i get to go to her wedding and i just adore her she uh, spent several summers with us she, her birthday is the day before my birthday. And I just love that girl. Like she could be my own wow. kid. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited to go to her wedding and uh, just lots of fun stuff um, on the horizon for us. Great. Today we're going to be talking about youth civic organizations. And, um, you know, just to, to get started, let's talk about what they are. I have a lot of experience. Well, I have experience with quite a few of them, actually we've been involved in 4-H. My boys were involved in um, Cub Scouting. Um, I was involved in Campfire. And my oldest daughter was involved. And I was involved in Girl Scouts for a while. So that's some
1: youth civic organizations.
0: But let's talk about what they are. What makes it a youth civic
1: organization? Well, so I'm struggling with this question. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the actual definition of that is. I know what, you know, comes to mind are all the things you you said. Um, I know that it's an organization that and usually a nonprofit one that gets youth together and teaches them all kinds of wonderful skills and how to be involved in their community in positive ways. But I don't know, is there a, is there a more like definitive meaning to it? Do you have one? Well,
0: so a youth civic organization is one that is focused on young people, that um, it's got a lot of community service component to it. And it, um, exposes kids to potential careers, gives them skills mm-hmm. and interests. Um, it's different than, say, like the Masons, which are for adults or mm-hmm. the Elks Club or the VFW. Those are all focused on adults, but right. a youth civic organization is focused on kids, giving kids skills and, and exposing them to all kinds of different, um, you know, careers mm-hmm. and, helping them learn to serve the community. Melody, would you add anything to that? Uh, Well, I think there's usually a
2: component of encouraging leadership or or helping them have opportunities to become, like, how to be a good leader and all the things that could go alongside that. And then Mm -hmm. just some education in how does the community work and government and how does City Hall work. And this department takes care of those kinds of things that, I suppose, could fall under uh, social studies and government if we were doing it at home. Yeah. Just also, we were involved in some of those same organizations. I always think of Scouts and 4-H, and we did another one, Keepers of the Faith, and then I think there are some, I can't think of the names of them now, like Youth Power or... That might be manpower. I was thinking maybe that's what it was. But it was also like some of them had some apprenticeship things attached to them so that your Mm -hmm. children would have an opportunity to actually go out and work in the community and learn the
0: way the world works. Yeah, I had a friend whose um, kids were involved in Civil Air Patrol, which is another. Oh, yeah, uh, I forgot forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah. So youth civic organizations are pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you know sometimes they're just a local type thing, so it might be just in your locality, whereas some like scouting and four h are nationwide National. Mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm a big proponent of youth civic organizations i um I was in four h when I was a kid, and I've been a four h leader off and on for years and years and years. And some of my kids were in 4-H. I found that there were a lot of benefits to us, um, to be involved in a youth civic organization. So, um, mm-hmm. let me hear about some of the benefits you experienced when your children were involved in a youth civic organization.
1: So my kids were very briefly in 4-H. Um, and at the time they were young, it uh, was part of our, uh, homeschool academy that we were in. But even at that age, it was so positive for them. There was the, you know, project, uh, doing the projects and just the, the idea of having to set goals and create a project and then follow through with all the, you know, the actual steps on it and the tracking of it and the paperwork of it. And the reporting part of it. It was it was really good. Every step of the way was such a good learning process for them. And as homeschoolers, it pretty much contributed to every subject matter we would want to cover. They were doing reading and writing. They were doing social activities. They were doing community service activities through it. And so it really encompassed pretty much everything that you want for a really well-rounded education. And it was great because they were doing it with friends and a group of peers and I just I love that part about it but my kids were young when they were doing that but I saw that there were so many advantages as far as career opportunities and learning about different careers later on that I thought were really positive.
2: Our main experience was with Girl Scouts with one of my daughters in particular who worked very hard for I don't remember exactly how old she was when she started. But she was very focused, and so she got her bronze award and her silver award. And then for her gold award, she had a a magnificent project of collecting and donating books to the Half Pint Library at the local children's hospital. And so all of the skills that were involved, like you mentioned, about planning and preparation and outreach Mm -hmm. in the community and finding, you know, Where was she going to find people to donate books? And actually for all these projects, because the other ones she did with groups of girls in her troop, but the Gold Award was one she did on her her own. But she um, learned a lot because she was the one that was, she had to write up, you know, the proposal, and then you have to submit that, it has to be accepted. There's the whole process of going through it. She really gain confidence in her abilities. And so like I can see now as a young adult, she owns her own business. All of the skills that she learned in scouting, I can see that they just built her confidence in. She's a researcher by nature anyway. And so she just really grew her skills being involved in those activities. And it was good because I was able to let someone else guide her through a lot yeah. of that process. And mm-hmm. so she was learning not just from me, but from of course we all work together on it, but it was good for her. And um my other kiddos who were just in different, you know, seasons of life and living in different locations that did not get to participate to the extent that my daughter Hannah did, but it was, it was all really a good experience for her.
0: Yeah. Um, we found the same thing in, in all the different youth civic organizations in which either I was in as a kid, or my kids were in. The youth civic organizations give kids an opportunity, like you said, for leadership. It gives them record-keeping skills. It gives them experience in public speaking and a lot of... um,
1: It's a big one, yeah.
0: Yeah. My... Middle daughter, she was a career 4 H'er and she uh, was in leadership. So she had to go to different places and make speeches. Um, a lot of the youth civic organizations, uh, like Melody said, they have like a state government thing where the kids go to the state capitol. Uh, mm-hmm. They think they call it Teen Pact. Teen Pact is through a lot of different organizations and it might be called something different through 4 H, but the kids went to the state capitol and they learned what it was to be a state senator, a state congressperson, what, how to write bills. Uh, how to do press releases. The kids um, learn to serve the community in the youth civic organizations. To uh, They also learn fundraising. So a lot of the organizations, the kids can go to camp, and they sell things to pay for their way to camp. Mm-hmm. So they, they learn to um, set goals, and they get exposed to career paths in these different organizations. They also do go out sometimes without the parent, like scouting on campouts. They they yeah. learn how to, you know, experience being away from home in a controlled mm-hmm. environment. They mm-hmm. learn new skills. They just get a lot of opportunity to develop themselves uh, personally and get exposed to careers. And these things we can always try to do at home. But why reinvent the wheel?
1: Yeah, no. You and know? the group setting is really nice, particularly for homeschoolers. If you're looking for more socialization or more group activities, this is a really great way to go. The other thing
0: I liked about it for my kids who were homeschooled is that they got to do things with kids who went to public school or -hmm. to private Mm -hmm. school. Sometimes I think if we just tend to only do things with other homeschoolers, our kids get the idea that homeschooling is better than public school, or it's better than private school, and that's not at all what I want my kids to feel mm-hmm. about their educational experience. It's just the experience we've chosen that we think is the best for them. Right. Uh, you know, I want I want us to support other people's educational pursuits, just like I want other people to support mine. And so I do like the fact that when your kid is in a youth civic organization. They are in it with kids of all different backgrounds and all different educational Mm -hmm. settings. And I think that's really important. You know, lest we paint too rosy a picture for everyone, uh, you know, there are two sides to every coin. So um, there are drawbacks of being involved in youth organizations. One of the ones I found was that I had to put it into our schedule and work around it so that sometimes <laughs> yeah. uh, like you don't always know what's going to be going on, especially yeah. in 4-H you'll find yeah. out at the beginning of the month, uh, what kind of things are coming up and right. you know, there might be a competition on a day that you were planning to do something else. But if your child yeah. wants to participate in it, You're going to have to adjust for that opportunity.
1: I I was going to bring up the time commitment as well, because especially if you have uh, multiple kids in different organizations, like if you have kids in Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, the time commitment can be really challenging, uh, especially during, you know, the spring is the time when they're all, you know, doing their campouts or selling cookies or it's all kind of all at the same time. And, you know, you have weekly meetings for each person. And it, so it it can, that is a drawback. It can be very time consuming and interrupt a lot of your other things that you're doing.
0: Right. Yeah. We uh, had told our kids that they could do Scouts or 4-H because mm-hmm. one of the things I liked about 4-H was that every person in the family could participate in yes, it according to their own interests. It's not all... Big cowboy belt buckles and raising animals. Um, yeah, for each gives mm-hmm. kids an opportunity to do all kinds of things. And so it was really um, time efficient for me to take all the kids to one meeting um, mm-hmm. where they would hear what was going on and they could pick their projects. And then, yes, you did have, you know, maybe one kid wanted to do the food project and one kid wanted to do... A fashion show project and they weren't necessarily on the same day when they had a competition but it was a, yeah. it was a lot more manageable than when my oldest son was in cub scouting and we had a den meeting every week. Yeah, every single <laughs> week that kind of was like, whoa, this is a, this is very, uh, very
1: frequent. <laughs> yeah, <So>, and <laughs> it's throw in sports and other things, so, and right. yeah, I use them a lot. <laughs> yeah, so
0: that that can be a drawback. Sometimes a youth organization won't fit your philosophy of your family, so you want to research them mm-hmm. and make mm-hmm. sure before you join yeah, one. Absolutely. That it's, that it's something that fits with your own family philosophy. Because there's no mm-hmm. point in getting involved in an organization, say, that's a religious one, if you're not religious. That's right. not going to be a good experience for you or for the uh, the organization. So, you know, you want to be sure to research before you join one. That's
2: true. And sometimes they have fees. And so, like, there's usually a scholarship program if the fees are not going to work well for you. But that's something else to be aware of.
0: Right. Oh, that's true. If you have a bunch of kids and you all of a sudden have to be paying dues yeah. all the time, <laughs> that was another of, yeah. benefit of 4-H. Is very yeah. affordable for it a is, yeah. large for family. A family group. Yeah,
2: but you know, and sometimes the fundraising can get a little tedious. Mm-hmm. Um, we always enjoyed Girl Scout Cookie Season for lots of reasons, but there were some times when I had all those boxes stacked up in my <laughs> yeah. dining room. I was like, whoo. And, I'm it, glad and you had that
1: one in particular, it can get competitive and ugly sometimes too. Mm-hmm. So. And so
2: it does depend. They <laughs> kind of want to know the people who are running the programs. And we were yes. really fortunate because we had wonderful leaders and she could actually walk to the leader's house for the meeting. So it was like, okay, that's not another trip that we have to make, but. Those are th- Those are definitely things to keep in mind. Who's running the program? Because even within an organization, I mean, some people are really good at communicating and some are not, and some are mm-hmm. organized and some are not, and there's that still is a factor. I
1: think that's, that's a good true. point because if you're in a, you know, Cub Scout group in one city and then you move and you're in another city, they're going to be totally different depending on who's running them. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're following the same principles and guidelines, but the, the, how well it's organized and how well it's run and how well the parents get along creating the group and things like that can all vary. So even if you find yourself in a particular group that might not be working for you, you can look and try to move around and find a different one. Cause it doesn't mean that, all the, you know, if you have a bad experience with your Girl Scout troop, it doesn't mean that all the troops are like that.
0: Exactly. That's a good point. The other thing that I found was, um, well, I wouldn't say it's a drawback, but the, the programs change somewhat from when your children first entered, if they entered as young kids, to when they get into the um, older group. So my oldest son, he loved Cub Scouting, but he tried Boy Scouting a few times. He didn't find that to be very enjoyable. And it changes quite a bit from being um, where... Adults provide all the experiences for the kids to where Mm -hmm. the kids are expected to do a lot more planning. And then um, he didn't really enjoy that. So then he didn't he didn't continue. So the organizations change somewhat as your child gets older. Mm -hmm. And that's because it's to provide them with more leadership opportunities. But it may not be your cup of tea. And if one organization doesn't work for you, you you can look for another one, a different Mm -hmm. one. You know, don't just think if one's a problem or it's not working for you, that they're all not going to work for you. So we talked about the different kinds. We mentioned Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts. Boy Scouts has changed a bit to just be called Scouting now, and it's open to boys and girls. Right. And some people are like, why would you need Girl Scouts? Or why, would, why wouldn't why would girls just stick with Girl Scouts? And they would go into Scouting. But the opportunities are different. And they can they get different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can get different kind of, uh, like there's Explorers where they... They go on high adventure things, and Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, there's Girl Scouts and there's Scouting. Um, I mentioned Mm campfire,
1: and 4H,
0: 4H, so Air Air Patrol. And I did say earlier, uh, you know, like VFW is an adult. Um, organization. But I do believe that a lot of those adult organizations,
1: they do have some youth. They have some branches of youth groups. Mm -hmm. I think they do too. And I know there's things like uh, most communities have like a a teen court uh, group where Mm -hmm. they learn about the court system. Also in your local community, you can find groups that do things. I know like my kids were in one called Discover Green, which actually was created by a bunch of homeschoolers uh, in our area. And they were an environmental civic group, but it was all youth-created, youth-led, youth-run, and that was a great opportunity. But so you, you can look for maybe, if you're searching for something different in your local area, look for volunteer organizations for uh, youth and try to connect to one that way.
0: That's a good point, because like we said earlier, there, um, there are some nationwide youth organizations. And then there are mm-hmm. some that are just local. I think also there are opportunities for kids to volunteer or be part of organizations at state parks yes, where they can yeah. become junior rangers or things like that. And if you're looking for any kind of a youth organization, of course, your first stop should be your local homeschooling group. They're going to know.
1: Yes. Somebody will know. Yeah. Somebody will know.
0: <laughs> yeah. They yeah. will. Let's take a short break to hear a word from our sponsor. And when we get back, we'll talk about our own experiences with youth civic organizations.
1: The Happy Homeschooler podcast is sponsored by Transcript Maker, an online service that allows you to create professional high school transcripts from the comfort of your home.
0: Save the worry. Never fear losing your transcript. Transcript Maker keeps it saved in the clouds. You can access it anywhere, anytime save your time high school transcripts are made in a breeze with
2: transcript maker you just plug in your courses and grades and the gpa appears on the transcript like magic
0: save your money Transcript Maker offers a 14-day free trial, so you can give it a test drive and see how you like it. And when you decide to subscribe, you can use our exclusive coupon code HAPPY. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. Head to www.transcriptmaker.com today and save.
1: Transcript Maker. Simply better transcripts. So, uh, Melody, you were talking about
0: your daughter being in Girl Scouts. Um, she, to get to a Gold Award project, she had to be in it for a very long time. Can you share some uh, stories or memories about her time there?
2: Well, I'm thinking that she started um, elementary school, I, I think, and then she, her troop, stuck together, which was, it might be unusual, but they were all local. So they stuck together for years and years and did a lot of troop projects together And then she did her silver award with the same group of girls she did her bronze award with. And those were good things, like they poured a cement patio for, like, the Girl Scout, um, clubhouse or whatever. And so one of the, one of the dads, that was his business. He taught them all the things about how to do, you know, how to lay a concrete patio. It was a big patio with some really fun pictures of it, but there is a lot of paperwork that goes with those awards. I had no idea when she first started working towards those. And um, even the, the moms that were getting started, they are there are always people who will help you get your paperwork together. And mm-hmm. so we had to call upon those experienced moms and the local council to help us get all the, the paperwork ready. And then the girls had to put together Uh, presentation portfolio of their project and lots of pictures and the whole step I mean so it was a lot of work but it was also they had a ton of fun because they were camping out (laughs) and then working on this patio I think another year they refinished the floor of the clubhouse and so like they were learning some real world skills and how to do things. I wish that I had pulled out my photo album before we started talking. (laughs) Those are some really good things. I did come across her gold award ceremony pictures not too long ago. Yeah. Facebook brings you memories. Mm -hmm. There were those award pictures of her gold Warner pins, the equivalent of an Eagle Scout award. Right. But there's a lot of work that goes into that. And it was a really proud moment to see her go up there and earn her award. I mean, the reward was really in the doing, but it was nice mm-hmm. that all our efforts were acknowledged. And uh, especially for that gold award, because she provided, oh my goodness, well over 700 books, I think
0: she worked. Really I remember hard. when she was collecting all those books and everybody was so happy to donate them to her, but you all had to schlep them home. Yes, we did. And they were <laughs> in my <laughs> dining room and then we couldn't fit them all in a smaller car. We couldn't fit them all in the
2: car for one <laughs> trip. So we had to make, Several trips to donate those, but it was all, it was good. And then, you know, to hear back from the librarian because of her project, they were able to give books not just to the patients, but to the patient siblings of the children who were staying in the hospitals. So it was really nice that that was, you know, that ripple, the ripples from that went on for quite some time. And, um, I'm glad we did it. Then my my next daughter like kind of started going to scouts, but the program changed about that time and the leadership changed and the location changed. No. And then it was no longer changing. a good fit. Suddenly it wasn't a good fit <laughs> anymore. And so I think at that point we started a different little group that was local to us. But um, I didn't, my brothers were, I remember my brothers being active in scouting and my mother being a den mother. And so like some of those, civic organizations can kind of be a family
1: yeah, for a,
2: sure. a family yeah. thing yeah. that you do all together. That ended up, you know, like some of them, the dads went on the, some of the trips, but the moms were the den mothers and that lasted a long, long time. But my own sons did not end up in scouting. We didn't find a good fit out where we lived at the time. We also participated in some groups through the church. And I've got a friend who just, her son just got back from a mission trip to Romania so we need to, like, there are other outreaches out there where kids are learning how to volunteer, like you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. Jen. Ways to volunteer, do some good in the community. Some of my kids participated in the local food bank. But you do, as the as the mom, sometimes you have to do a little bit of digging to find those places where your kids can learn to give back. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and there are some, I forgot to mention earlier, um, my son participated in my my son that I'm homeschooling now, he participated in an online youth group thing called Wild Explorers. And they earned badges and they had activities to do. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, And it was nice for us because we were traveling a bit at the time, so we really Mm -hmm. couldn't plug into something local. Um, But there are people who have a local Wild Explorers club as well. So he he didn't find 4-H to be a really good fit for him. He also didn't give it, as much of a chance because the monthly meetings are pretty boring.
1: Yeah, um, they
0: can be. Uh, yeah, the for younger me-
1: kids. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and they're supposed to have certain things like they're supposed to have a snack and a recreation and a program and something else. But some groups, like you were talking about, each uh, you know each Girl Scout troop or each group and Boy Scouts or whatever, they're different because of mm-hmm. the leadership. Um, so he didn't find that very interesting. We might try again this fall, or we might try scouting. I just remember that when my, my other boys were in scouting, it was a lot of weekly activities, and we yeah. already have a lot of weekly lot. activities. Um, yeah. But my, my middle daughter, she was the one who was a career for h and she started when she was eight years old. And her first competition was the fashion show. We always did the buying division. You could be the consumer buyer and learn how to evaluate clothing to purchase. And she cringes when she sees the photo, but it's adorable. She had a swimsuit and they're really big on props. So she had a little hat that matched her swimsuit and she had a a flamingo floaty that she wore around her and really cute little sandals. And they have to... You know, they have to speak to people they don't know. Um, they mm-hmm. get asked right. questions. I mean, it's really great. So by the time she was in high school and she had to be interviewed uh, because she had applied for a scholarship through the 4-H Foundation, she wasn't nervous to talk to people and explain right. about herself. She'd been keeping records about her activities and she knew how to promote herself. And, you know, after she went into college and graduated, she she's never had trouble being interviewed or taking leadership. Mm -hmm. Today, she's a bank branch manager for Wells Fargo, and she studied communication in college. So I I can look back and see how every step of the way in her 4-H career, it helped her to gain the skills and confidence that she took into her adult life. She was uh, really fortunate to do National 4-H Congress which it's a very prestigious thing if you're in 4-H to go to the National Congress. There are only a few people from each state who can go. And um, she had a fundraise for that because uh, it's like at that time it was like $1,200. Mm-hmm. And she said, I, I'm interested in doing this, Mom, you know, like, but I know we don't have the money. And I said, it's OK. You want to apply for it? Great. We'll help you figure out how to get the money. And she was That's working part time at HEB and she wrote letters to her grandparents and we kicked in some money and she got the money together to go. It was a really positive experience for us. The one thing she didn't like, none of my kids that were in 4-H liked was making the record books every year. (laughs) They did not like that.
1: Um, And now they get money for it. Yeah. I was like, that's so funny. Some some of the kids, I recall some of the kids really loved that aspect of it. So I think it's definitely a personality thing. Well, I don't know. I had, I had several kids in
0: 4-H and, and, Overall, most kids that I know about in 4 H when it comes to making the record books, they don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in it my kids didn't do just one thing. So their yeah, record books a were lot. in detailed. Yeah. Detail. yeah. Uh-huh. But um yeah, I think if I tell my son, Liam, that you know, you can get money if you go into 4 H yeah, yeah. you know, you can you can earn <laughs> money for baked goods. My daughter also put um had things go into the uh youth show each year. She did baked goods. One year she uh, got $600 for a cake that went to the auction. And another Mm -hmm. year she got um, $600 for some orange sweet rolls. I mean, the kids and the kids who do animals can get even more money if they go to the major shows. But it it gives them a lot of opportunity that's hard to replicate at home. Just like Melody Mm -hmm. was saying, when the the kids were building um, this flooring or whatever, you know, like. Right, the so in the concrete patio. Yeah, 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 you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very few of us are doing that at home and can get our kids involved in it. So they right. they can get exposed to so many things they would never be exposed to otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's really important to be in some kind of a a youth civic organization or do community volunteering. What about you, Jen?
1: Well, so I mentioned the local one that my kids got involved in, and. Uh, my son Gabe was always very into nature and trees and gardening and all of that kind of stuff when he was young. And we got involved with this discover green group, which was a youth group uh, created by youth. And uh, they mostly did environmental work and they would plant trees and things, but he loved it. And he loved the activity so much that he uh, asked if he could start a chapter of it out where we live. So he did that. And that, that was a huge He was probably, like, he was between 10 and 12, I think, at the time that he did this. But he started a chapter of Discover Green in our little town. He raised funds. He went to, like, local market days and things like that to promote it, to raise funds to plant trees. And he did a huge project at our state park here locally. Uh, where he planted, I think uh, it was several hundred trees. They had a, wow. had a planting day that he hosted, he created, he advertised in the local papers. And so there there was just so many skills involved in that, of course. Also just the feeling they get, the the pride in having a project that they've created and accomplished and, you know, that they're also doing something for the community or the earth or whatever at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such, it's such so so much confidence comes from that, but it was also, it's also wonderful for everybody because now we go to this park with this is a park we go to all the time. So we see the trees like over, you know, it's been oh, yeah. 10 plus years since this started, since he did that. And, and we go and see the trees all growing up and you can so, see the effects that it's had on the environment and all that kind of stuff. So uh, just such a good experience for not just for him, but for the whole family and then ultimately for our community as well. Um, so, and I and I hear stories like that all the time from people whose kids are involved in youth organizations like this, and I love it. We just hosted a homeschool teen night, and one of the families that came, they brought their Japanese exchange student with them, and I was talking to oh, the mom cool. about it, and that was actually a program they did through 4-H. Yeah, so 4-H I has a great. I didn't know um, that 4-H did that.
0: Yeah, it's really exciting. I I saw. Some posts and I was like, oh yeah. When we were in 4H, I was always hoping we could get a foreign exchange student, but it didn't work out. That's yeah, a neat
1: just, another really cool thing that they do. Yeah, my oldest kids when they were teenagers, they got involved into a venturing group, which is an offshoot of Boy Scouts. That was a cool group. They didn't they weren't in it very long because other things changed and we got involved in other things. But it's a cool group because it's it is teen led. There's an adult leader of the group, but the teens then actually create the group themselves and decide what activities they'll be doing. And they decided that they wanted to do like high adventure stuff. So everything they did was like, you know, repelling or going to the shooting range or so activities that they weren't getting to experience, you know, every day or certainly things that I wasn't teaching them to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a great experience for them as well.
0: Yeah. One of the things I love um, about youth civic organizations is that it empowers kids to feel like they can make a valid contribution. It's not just right. like filling out a worksheet. You know, mm-hmm. they're actually doing things in 4-H um, at our monthly meetings. A lot of times we would do things that were going to go to the senior center or we collected toys for um, Brown Santa or we collected food and things for the local animal shelter. and. These were actual really needed services Mm -hmm. that the kids could participate in. And that, I think, is really important because I think that our society gives kids the idea uh, a lot of times that when they grow up, they can do something. But they can do something
1: now. Yes.
0: Right. Exactly. Here at the end of our show, we'd like to answer a big question. Melody, what's our big question for today?
2: Today's big question is from M, who asks, What are our options if my student is not college bound? So, what advice do we have to say for M?
1: I like this question. I would like to think that people will be open minded to everybody not having to go directly to college, because as especially as homeschoolers, there's so many opportunities. You don't need to go to college necessarily to accomplish great things, and to set your kids up for a positive future in, in what any career. One of the ways is by joining these youth civic organizations, where you get lots of career skills taught to you.
0: Oh, that's, that's a good tricky. point. I remember when my um oldest daughter went back to public school for high school. They had a vocational building where there were sinks and all for teaching cosmetology. Mm-hmm. But they were, my daughter's English class met in there. And I asked the teacher, like, why are y'all meeting in here? Mm. And she said, well, we're, right now we're not, they don't have a class for cosmetology. And I said, hmm. but what about kids who are not college-bound? Yeah. So for, for quite a while, there was this huge, huge push that all kids should go to college. Yes. And and, you know, that's not a good idea in public school, and it's not a good idea no. in homeschool. No. Uh, true education is equipping your child for what they're going to do. Now, I equ- I had my kids all take college preparatory material because I didn't want them to not have the uh, courses they needed if they wanted to go to college. Yeah, you
1: want them to be able to have the option. So, mm-hmm.
0: Right. So. But they were also exposed to other things. So that they had other skills and other interests. My oldest son, he got hired to our local grocery store right as he graduated from high school. And he's still there. He's been there like 15 years, I think. And it worked out great for him to graduate and go into working. And uh, some of my kids have gone to college part of the time and then not finished. They might go again at some point. Uh, One of my daughters, like I said, she became a bank branch manager, but they've all had the education to prepare them to do anything they want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I will say that I saw something really interesting. We were talking about in our previous episode about chat GPT and, and AI. A lot of people's jobs have been eliminated because of AI already. And I was reading an article where some people were talking about what they were doing since their jobs got eliminated. And a lot of them are going into, like, technical school. They're going into air conditioning and plumbing and Mm -hmm. appliance repair Mm -hmm. and, you know, all these hands-on things. So we probably want to give our kids exposure to trades as well.
1: And there's a huge need for trades people mm-hmm. uh, th- there's always needs for it and that grows all the time too yeah
0: I don't think chat Gbt is gonna change out my toilet
1: <laughs> yes, no, <laughs> no, I, don't
0: nope.
1: <laughs> I um wanted to bring up that uh, I've heard a lot of people over the years ask about if their child should take the GED instead of graduating if they're not uh, going uh, to uh. college and I think we cover this probably when we've talked about college admissions and transcripts and things but I don't recommend doing that you can go ahead and graduate them and give them the transcripts um, because they might change their mind about what they want to do later. So going ahead and having a completed high school transcript is a good thing.
0: Well, additionally, a lot of places don't view a GED as As favorably as they do a transcript. So if your child is going to apply to a trade school, having a transcript to turn in for them is better. Mm -hmm. Also... Some kids want to go into the military, yes, um, mm-hmm. and so you know that's another avenue it's not college, and mm-hmm. so you know a transcript and graduation is a good good choice there. I do think the military isn't as against GEDs as they used to be, mm-hmm. but if your child has done high school coursework, then they deserve to have a transcript right. and a diploma yeah.
1: absolutely I
2: son apprenticed with his dad, you know, my husband and learned the construction. All kinds of skills doing that, skills that he still uses to this day. So that is another thing. If your child is not college bound, look at the trades and see
1: right. if
2: there's some either trade school or technical school or they may know someone that they can apprentice with. And I know a lot of people who've gotten their start in carpentry or there are so many aspects of that whole of construction that, yeah, you, I mean, that they and can get because- trained. but hands on is really good.
1: Because we're homeschooling, you also, you don't have to wait for your student to graduate high school to start those kind of skills. Like if they're interested in building, you can start, they can start doing that when they're young kids and build up skills, you know, so teaching them trade type skills early on is a great idea. Mm -hmm. I also think, I think we've talked about this before, that we find that our homeschooled teenagers tend to be quite responsible with jobs and things like that in their teen years and for my kids that has just led naturally to opportunities like your son Holly like my son started at HUB as a you know doing carts when mm-hmm. he was like 15 I think he started and then he was a manager by the time he was 17 mm-hmm. and you know so it really influenced the path he took and that he he excelled at just doing a job and was that was noticed and so he had more options and opportunities and i've had that experience with several of my kids and and you know they didn't necessarily go to college some of them took some cl- college classes and mm-hmm. but that just wasn't the path they needed for what they were interested in and other opportunities have come their way because they're hard workers um and dedicated and you know people can depend on them
0: I did want to mention something else about the GED. So I did see, this kind of goes with this question, someone was saying that their child wanted to go into the trades. I think the child was 15. How young Mm -hmm. can they take the GED? And I would caution you not to let your child's interest in going into trades short-circuit their education by letting them yeah. take a GED early. And I don't even yeah. think you can take it until 16. But they're going to miss out on some opportunities that mm-hmm. they could have mm-hmm. if they haven't completed their education. So um, I think it's really great to give them opportunities to try out trades if that's what they want while you're finishing their high school education. Before we go today, we want to leave you with a few reminders. The
2: next SAT testing day
0: is October 7th. You can register for that test right now,
2: but the deadline is September 7th. If you can't make that one, the late registration for the October 7th test is September 26th.
1: If you want to support us here and help us grow, it would be great if you'd help new people find our show by leaving us a five-star review and sharing it on social media.
2: Remember that you can get 20% off the cost of your transcript maker subscription with the code HAPPY. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps.
1: If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at happyhomeschoolpod. If you want to
2: learn more about anything we discussed today, we publish our show notes on Facebook after every new
1: episode. Next episode, we'll be discussing our favorite science projects. Thank you for
0: joining us today. I'm Holly. I'm Melody. And I'm Jennifer. Happy
1: Happy homeschooling. homeschooling!
0: Hi, this is your host, Holly Williams-Urbach. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a transcript maker production. My co-hosts are Melody Gillum and Jennifer Jones. This podcast was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway, and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find more of her work on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, tell people about us. And Jen, what have you been... Didn't you say... no. I have to ask yeah. Jennifer. I forgot I was the host. That's
2: the problem. Let's our main. Well, we did our main.
0: Let me start over. <laughs> <laughs> Let me hear about some of the benefits you experienced when your children were involved in a youth civic organization. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. okay. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, <laughs> no, I have I have a lot to say, but I don't want to not the conversation.